And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. And John, it's great to have you here. Wonderful to be back. You know, it's been a while since you've uh, been the pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church. How long has it been already? I guess three years. Oh, my. I, 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 I'm kept trying. <laughs> <laughs> Time really flies. and it's, it's Maybe uh, three years. It's, it's, it's great to have you no, back two, in the studio. Two and a half. Two, two and, and a half, half maybe, two, yeah. Two, two, something like that. Two it's, years. It's great to have you back in the studio here. And uh, you're, you've built a house down in West Virginia. Correct. And eventually we'll move down there. Today is uh, the last weekend before Thanksgiving. It's only, what, five days away so we thought we would just uh, talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. It's a wonderful time of year. Oh, it is. It is. It, to me, it, it, it seems rather unique uh, for a nation to have a time set aside to give thanks to God. I, I don't, I'm not sure that that's happened much in the history of the world. Usually peoples do it, or various groups, but for a nation, yeah, it may be unique. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's certainly what we do in this country is unique, the way we observe it and so yeah. forth, and its origins. Yeah. Uh, that that part of it is is uh, different than any other country. The idea of giving thanks to God certainly flows from Scripture. So uh, maybe you could, um, I mean, this is a little different approach to Thanksgiving today. Maybe you could share with us some of the uh, scriptural basis for having a uh, a thankful heart and for giving thanks with God's people. To him, well, in the Psalms, you really have a number of uh, Psalms that are devoted to Thanksgiving, and some very important and familiar verses that many people would know. For instance, in Psalm ninety-two, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to Thy name, O Most High. Mm. And uh, you'll notice that uh, there's a category of prayer called Thanksgiving prayers, and almost everyone I've noticed uh, when I was in the pastoral ministry, and so forth. When you call upon people to pray, maybe in a Wednesday service or whatever, they always start with thanks, almost invariably. It seems to be instinctual yeah. um, for the Christian to do that because they realize that we are debtor to mercy and grace. And so, therefore, Thanksgiving, I think, comes easy for the Christian. Mm. So, from that standpoint, uh, the scriptures are extremely important. Here's another verse that is a terrific verse in Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And that really is, is what thanksgiving is rooted in. It's rooted in the goodness of God. Uh, my father always, uh, when he prayed, would thank God for his open hand to us. Mm. And so it's important, uh, in spite of all of the of the mess this world is in, the suffering that Christians uh, undergo in many and various places, and uh, the sadness and the trials and the normal ups and downs of life, it's it's important for the Christian to remember uh, that uh, God is good, and in the midst of that, we are blessed. Mm. The Scripture says, in everything give thanks. Uh, that is a wonderful New Testament verse. Uh, sometimes it's misunderstood. It does not mean to thank God for everything. You don't thank God for a child who runs out in the street and gets hit by a car. Uh, but in every circumstance that you find yourself in, you can thank God. And believing that ultimately through faith that he will uh, right all the wrongs, 
That's right. And reward that which is glorifying to him. So uh, there is reason in every circumstance, if you will, no matter what we find ourselves in, to be thankful. You're right. Just the fact that we can sit up and take nourishment, as they say. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, By the way, uh, uh, something I learned a number of years ago about uh, thanks and thanksgiving, I wrote an article for the old Newburgh paper. It's no longer in existence. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an article at Thanksgiving they asked me to write. And uh, I, I decided to do a little research on the word thanks. And I discovered that it's related to the word think. Linguistically, really? really, I didn't know they that. share a root, huh. and so uh, a thoughtless person cannot be a thankful person. Good point. But a thinking person who really examines the things that uh, uh, life and the way it is can be a thankful person. Mm. I think to really examine life, though, you must know the spirit of God uh, in you to prompt you to see things the way they are, mm. and not. Uh, uh, all of the uh, filth of life, if you will, yeah. and all the pain and suffering. There is a lot of pain and suffering. Oh, it's it's there. There's no question. If we um, feed ourselves on a constant news cycle, like maybe the media wants us to, and it's tempting to, um, we really don't allow sufficient time for hearing from the Lord and and thanking Him in prayer, uh, reading His Word. And uh, seeing things from his perspective, I like this idea of uh, no matter what what situation we're in, to give thanks to God. Some people have uh, have a terrible load they're carrying. You know, they might have cancer. Oh yes, and um, they their days are literally numbered. Um, they all are, of course, but um, they they've only got a year to live or a half a year to live. And for the Christian to give thanks in that is a a testimony to the goodness of God and to um, the fact that God is over all things and he's, he or she has a eternal perspective. We live in a, a, a sinful world, a fallen world, and we must remember that. One famous philosopher started out his great work uh, a few centuries back that life is short, nasty, and brutal. Mm. And for much of humanity, that is the case. We do live in a country, in a place of privilege where we have great health care. Maybe maybe it's been diminished some here in recent years. But we have great health care. And uh, we have comforts. And and most of us, uh, when we open up our refrigerator, there's something in it. And even when life is uh, is not going well uh, for us, we can have reason to give thanks. And let me illustrate that just with this. Uh, when I was doing uh, in seminary, I took a an internship for counseling and so forth, and I spent a lot of time in two hospitals in St. Louis. Hmm. And uh, one of my units was the cancer ward, and I came across a uh, woman. Uh, I thought she was older at the time, but she's probably under 50. Hmm. Uh, but she was dying, and I, I asked her if she would help me understand the process that she was going through. Interesting. And she agreed. Mm. And uh, she was probably not going to live two or three months. Mm. And I remember one day, she was a very, a, a Baptist woman. She was quite enthusiastic in many ways in life. You could tell she was a dynamo. <laughs> and she said to me, she says, I don't mind dying. I have hope in Christ. 
and I have a good husband, but she says, I cannot bear to leave my 15-year-old daughter in this world without me. Uh-huh. And she she brought tears to my eyes and to hers. She says, that's the it one thing heart. that I cannot uh-huh. cope with. Uh, but we had a prayer, and she did teach me uh, about a, a great deal about death and dying. That's good. And uh, But she was able to give thanks, but that mm-hmm. she couldn't quite get over that. And I think God certainly understood that. Absolutely. Well, dear listener, maybe you're going through a hard time today as you face Thanksgiving, and uh, uh, it may not come too natural at times to give thanks, but uh, it seems like... Um, what we focus on is is really important. If if, if I do focus on the, the constant news cycle and ISIS and everything else, um, it it can't take away from my frame of mind. Um, God wants me to have a thankful heart and to tell Him about it. Um, Thanksgiving traditions in America. Want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, that's that's the uniqueness of Thanksgiving uh, for. <laughs> For, if you will, Americans, we we do have a different Thanksgiving. I believe, and it has to do with the source of it. The Puritans or the Pilgrims, the first uh, group that came across in 1620, they later were called uh, uh, the Pilgrim Fathers uh, and uh, so forth. But what is interesting uh, about them is that they came across. Uh, it took them, I, I think, maybe 60-some days. Something like that, I've heard. To yeah. get across. Uh, they lost people uh, at sea. And when they got here, they had such a hard winter they had to face the first year mm. and lost half their people. Community died. Can you imagine that? Yeah. In the spring, they planted crops. Of course, they had hope. They they were tough people. Mm-hmm. And um, they pressed on. Uh, they did meet uh, Squanto and other Indians. And they helped him plant corn. Was he the guy that spoke English? Yes. Well, Isn't he, that amazing? He was. Well, he was <laughs> captured as a slave and taken to England. <laughs> this guy walks out of the blue and he speaks English. <laughs> yeah, and, and he was in England five years, I believe, yeah. and, and learned to speak English. It's amazing. And came back and he helped them. But the Indians taught him to plant corn and to, to uh, fish for eels and things, mm. uh, cod. And um, uh, so... They had a thanksgiving at the end of that harvest. Uh, the Puritans were used to giving thanks for many things. Now, they didn't have a regular Thanksgiving day, but they mm-hmm. had seasons of thanksgiving. Now, I'll tell you why. They were people of the of the Bible, and particularly the Old Testament. Yeah. And they knew about Pentecost or booths, or what Jewish people call a Sukkot. Oh, yes. And Sukkot uh, was a yearly thanksgiving at the end gathering of the harvest. It was praise oh, and yeah. thanksgiving. And so they were aware of that, and they they didn't have a yearly practice, but every so often, whatever, they would have a time of thanksgiving. But that first uh, thanksgiving in 1621, that's when we date our thanksgiving to, mm-hmm. uh, brought the Indians together, and uh, the, they outnumbered the, the pilgrims. And they had a Thanksgiving, and it was quite a, a wonderful thanks yeah. for all this hard time that they had had that God had brought them through. So in the midst of, of their pain and suffering, they, they found great reason to give thanks to God. That's made them a tough people. Yeah. I want to think that it'd be fun to be a fly on the wall, as they say, and, and observe that. But isn't that the, uh, the power of books in recorded history? 
Yes, uh, William Bradford actually, even though it didn't come out to about 1850, we didn't mm-hmm. know exactly what took place there. Mm. Uh, it wasn't published till 1850. Only a few people even knew about the Thanksgiving they had. They had it seasonally. Uh, that no, people didn't know much, but uh, when his book was published, uh, that's when people began to understand about the Pilgrim Fathers, who they were. Our nation really has this uh, heritage in its background, the Pilgrims, the Puritans, and uh, a deep love for God, and commitment to uh, things like the sovereignty of God. Well, interesting, Abraham Lincoln, who, who believed uh, very much in the providence of God, mm-hmm. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers <laughs> brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty. And he goes on to articulate in the Gettysburg Address a wonderful doctrine of providence. Yeah. But it was at his hand in 1863, in the middle of the Civil War, that he made a proclamation for Thanksgiving. There it is. In the midst of Civil War. Can you imagine that? He felt the need to give thanks to God yeah. and to call upon him and for the nation. And, and that's where... Our national uh, birth of Thanksgiving began. Yes, indeed. What about in your family and your experience? Um, what do you have for Thanksgiving meal? Well, we are assembling at our place in West Virginia in the mountains. Nice. We'll have about 14 people. Uh, and then uh, I ordered two fresh turkeys. They're small, 10 to 12 pounds. Well, we're going to have turkey. Very nice. And... Uh, We'll also have some cranberry. Oh, wonderful. Uh, sauce. Can we invite uh, all the listeners down? <laughs> <laughs> How do you fix your turkey? Uh, your wife does it. No, I do it. <laughs> it's do my it. job. Yeah. It's my job. I don't do much to it. I, no. I, I take the stuffings out. Of course, I learned to do that the hard way. <laughs> you reach in and <laughs> you pull that out. And uh, I just butter it up and put yeah. it in and, yeah. and, and uh, bake it. Turkey is a wonderful thing. Oh, yes. Oh, my. It's interesting, too. Um, sometimes you see wild turkey around, and they're not nearly as plump as the big ones you buy at the grocery store, but they're pretty, um, I want to say scared. Um, they're they're kind of a smart little bird. You know, it's hard to get those things. They'll they'll run very fast. They can, they can show up and, uh, and disappear so quickly. Yeah. A whole... A uh, group of them will come yeah. in, and they'll show up. By the way, they're related to pheasants. Now, that's interesting. So uh, Some of our listeners may actually um, be hunters, and and some of you guys out there and gals hunt turkey. <laughs> so that's kind of neat, too. Yeah, my father used to hunt turkey. He would he would uh, had his turkey call, and uh, I, I he just passed away last year or so, and uh, I inherited some of his stuff like that. So I have a turkey call. Isn't that neat? I don't hunt, but I yeah. would I would have fun just <laughs> calling the turkey. <laughs> Today we're talking about Thanksgiving. Joining me is uh, the previous pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, Doctor John Vance, and he's now built a home. Him and his wife in. West Virginia, and so it's a pleasure to have you here again in the studio with us. And um, John Vance is also a board member here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We're very thankful for that and his uh, settled wisdom that he brings to the ministry. It's uh, it's a great thing. As we look at Thanksgiving, any other thoughts come to mind today? Thanksgiving actually didn't become set. You know, it's now the fourth Thursday of November. But that was not really set until about 1941, and Congress huh. did it. So ever since 1941, okay. a few southern states, I think, 
continue to have it maybe on the fifth uh, Sunday when it occurred. On the, you know, there were a few times when you had five Sundays in November. They did that. But since 1941, it's been pretty uniform mm-hmm. uh, in this country. That's getting uh, very close to the time frame of World War II. At, right in the midst of it. Isn't that something? Right in the midst. Of, now, right. notice what we've talked about in the Pilgrims during yes. the midst of hardship, Thanksgiving. Lincoln, in the midst of the Civil War, instituted Thanksgiving. 1941, the Congress uh, regularized the, uh, and and Roosevelt, of course, accepted it, that it would be the fourth Thursday. But they were thinking about Thanksgiving in the midst of trouble, the theme we started out with. Yeah, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, even in the midst of trouble Mm -hmm. and trial Mm -hmm. and, and even death and suffering. Thanksgiving is an orientation in one way. Uh... When gratitude dies upon a person's heart, in some ways that person is dead. Mm. Uh, Thanksgiving is an orientation. So is joy, an orientation toward life. Those people who most get most out of life, the Lord's goodness and see his mercy uh, uh, that are new in every day are those who have thanksgiving and joy upon their hearts. Somebody might say, oh, you're just putting your head in the sand. You're refusing to see the world. But that's not really the case. No, it's not giddiness. It's, 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 it's God's shalom. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's something deep and profound in your soul, <laughs> knowing that underneath you are the everlasting arms, regardless yeah. of what happens in life. Amen. So that is needed for a person to, to if you will, Access the good things of life, ultimately. And to raise children, uh, there's a a study came out. I'm not sure it's true because I don't trust the politics in New York City, but (laughs) one in five New Yorkers are depressed. Oh, yes. Uh, Now, they may or may have come out with that statistic because his wife and son or something have had those troubles and they Mm -hmm. want to institute a new program sure and so forth i don't know uh about the politics but there's something to it anyway but there's but people do get depressed uh uh depression is a real problem Mm -hmm. in life particularly when if a person comes off of of heart surgery right uh that sort of thing growing older Mm -hmm. there are many older people who it can be a real shock uh, I'm starting to feel some of the effects of growing older, mm-hmm. and it's it's rather shocking at times. So um, you started off by uh, referring us to the Psalms, and wouldn't it be good if we would um, just go to the Psalms on a regular basis, maybe every day, and read a Psalm? I would think so. The, the Psalter is a wonderful place for devotional reading. Hmm. And if you can ever get a hold of uh, Charles Spurgeon's sermons on the Psalms, mm. uh, it's called The Treasury of David. I've heard of that. Magnificent sermons uh, on the Psalms, and uh, there were re- reprints of those sermons in, uh, I think, Banner of Truth Publishing did some of them and others. Uh, but the Psalter is the, the place to go if you want to have yourself lifted up, because we can identify with the, with the psalmist. Mm-hmm. David had his up days and he had his down days. Yeah. Now, what about worship services? Uh, we, we've so far talked about a single day of Thanksgiving. It seems that uh, Thanksgiving should be uh, part and parcel of a, a church's worship service. The Easter uh, is remembered every Lord's Day. That's really what uh, what the worship service is. And 
since since the Lord's Day worship service is rooted in a profound act of God mm. of resurrection from the dead, which gives us hope, every worship service is also a Thanksgiving service. That's cool. <laughs> is it also? Does it have the aspect of? Uh Renewing covenant with Renewing our, with covenant. Our God. It's a covenant service, of course. Yeah. And the Puritans yeah. understood that. They did. Yeah. We, so we've lost a lot. Extremely by not, well. By not reading these guys, I'm afraid. <laughs> Even when we come to church and confess our sins, the confession and humbling of ourselves uh, before God is so that we can hear the good news. We must accept the bad news that we are sinful in the sight of a holy God mm-hmm. and worthy of death and will die. But also to hear the good news that in Christ, that one who now lives as he lives, so shall we, through his own cross and resurrection. You're on to something here. This isn't exactly on the subject, but um, have you found that um, acting out something makes it real? And I don't mean this wrong, but um, you know, let's say with confession of sins, somebody might say, well, I don't really feel like I'm really, really doing an adequate job of confessing the sins, and yet they're participating in confessing sins at the corporate level, and the whole congregation is confessing. Um, don't you think it, it's actually good uh, for the person, um, and, and it's not necessarily dependent on their particular feeling of contrition at that point in time? That's a wonderful concept, Dan, you just raised, because it is true. Uh, there is a sense in which your whole heart will never be in anything in this life. John Wesley once says, I have repentings that need to be repented of. <laughs> and uh, I suppose that it's not possible to have a whole heart except in relative terms yeah. of confession. But what you're doing in the confession itself, the act, you are admitting or agreeing with God, even if all your emotional life is not uh, immediate and uh, and full uh, to what you're saying with your words. Mm. It's important to do so because it helps you remind you who you are in the sight of who God is. Today we're talking about Thanksgiving, and uh, perhaps you feel like you don't have much to give thanks about, and perhaps you've been thinking about the claims of Jesus, the claims of Christ, and say, you know, I'm not sure I really believe this Jesus. How would someone... Uh, move in the direction. I know it's by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't want to take away from that at all. But um, maybe some really simple steps someone could take to learn to hear the voice of God. I think there is a sense in which uh, the more desperate sometimes a person is, the more likely they are Mm. to do what the Scripture says, call upon me in a time of trouble and I will deliver thee. You may not believe much in God, uh, you may not do a whole lot, but th- but the point that you do have, the light that you do have, when you act upon it, uh, and to try the Lord, uh, to call upon Him, uh, and and I am confident that God's grace will enable you not only to call upon Him, but to enlighten you further as you do those mm. things. Uh, uh, Paul talks about some very concrete ways that we should. Uh, take when we we find ourselves thinking about these things he says uh if you will confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in thine heart that god has raised him from the dead thou wilt be saved that's it yeah and uh those kinds of things don't worry about the feelings they come they come later they come later good point 
Yeah. Well, thank you for that. If our listener has a question and would like to communicate with us, a reminder that our email address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. And I'd be very happy to pass along your email to Dr. John Vance, and uh, we could answer your question. Well, thank you, John. It's good to have you here today. Good to be here. And to our listeners, happy Thanksgiving. I know it's five days in advance, but we trust that the Lord's blessing rests upon you and your family. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.